Hey there! Welcome to Live Podcast again. And if today is your first time joining, thank you for joining. We're really glad to have you here. And take my word for it, you're gonna get blessed. Wait, can you take my word for it? Yes. Yeah, take my word for it, you're gonna get blessed. So today we're gonna be talking about confidence and identity with my older brother. You know, not really older brother. Not like college couple. Yeah, older brother <laughs> from C3 to C3, C3, C3 to the church. Definitely right. C3 to the church. Yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned. I'm really excited. I'm so pumped about this because I used to struggle about identity and confidence. Wait, why did I just say that? Let's just dive right in. Thank you for joining. My name is James, uh, Abbasifreke James. I go by James. I am a worshiper of Christ and I am based in Canada and uh, I attend a C3 Toronto church, um, which means uh, Christian City Church, um, C3. And it's based in Toronto and I'm one of the worship leaders here. Uh, however, I know Laura is going to be asking some, some interesting questions. So... <laughs> Every, every answer I give is my own, um, comes from my own revelation, my own personal revelation of Christ. Um, and I'm, I'm excited. Let's dive into it. Yeah, right. From, the first question here is from Esther. Okay. Yeah, because I actually got the questions from my friends and other, and other worship leaders. So the first question says, how can I deal with self-doubt? low self-esteem i mean I, th- I guess this person is trying to ask that trying to say that excuse me could you use the volume please thank you so she's trying to say that um i think she she can't really go on stage and be confident so i would i like it too oh do you okay let's 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 look at the bible let's go let's take it back to the bible Lots of leaders in the Bible doubted themselves. You know, we look at Moses. Moses doubted himself when God called him. We look at, you know, uh, David. Everyone else doubted him. Even he himself probably also was not, you know, fully mature at the time God called him. And so it took him about, you know, many, many more years before he became actually king. And God was, you know, baking him in the oven, you know, through that time and preparing him. Uh, lots of lots of powerful leaders we look at Gideon's story we look at so many leaders in the bible people that God used where they were they felt the insecurity of not being enough but that's good (laughs) that's healthy that's good there's a healthy way but God I go on stage there are times where I feel oh my gosh I did not sleep well last night I'm not at my best I um I'm I I don't feel happy today because my week has been terrible but when I go on stage to lead people in worship I have to say to myself I'm not good enough but God is good enough and whether I was here or not God would raise stones to yeah to worship to worship him and so when I think like that I I realize that you know I'm just having an opportunity to step into working with God, to step into leading people into God's presence. And I have to forget that is, I cannot think that is my own strength. And Paul says this, Paul says, you know, in our weakness, 
Christ is made, is, is glorified in our weakness. And so when you feel that feeling of like, oh, I'm not good enough, or I have, I have self-doubt, the, the right way to tackle it is to think, okay, not me, but God. And then what does that mean practically? So that means like, like praying to God, asking for the Holy Spirit's anointing to fill you up before you, before you serve, before you go on, uh, on, on worship leading. Um, that also means crafting your craft. So like working. So it's one thing to think, yeah, I'm not good enough. It's another thing to sit down in that and be thinking I'm not good enough. God does not, God knows we are not good enough. And that's why he sent his son in the first place. This is getting very, very philosophic, very, very deep. It should not be this deep, but we are not good enough. It's so, sorry. It's so good. I'm letting the Lord. I mean, I've learned like three things right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a good question. It's a very good question. So God knew we're not good enough from the very start, but in very many areas of our life. That's why he sent Jesus, you know. Mm -hmm. And so once you live in that, you, 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 you can rest in knowing that God has, is enough. But at the same time, God does not want to leave you where you are. So there is work to do to come out, to be better, to be stronger. Because there are more levels that he wants to take you to. So even though you don't feel good enough at this level, the right thing to do, besides, you know, depending on God, is also crafting a skill. So that if that if you're a singer, that means doing vocal trainings, vocal warm-ups, taking care of your voice, taking care of your health, you know, drinking lots of water. If you're a musician, that means like picking up your instrument, playing in your spare time, not only when you're rostered, not only when you have to serve, you know, you you practice on your own. You 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 develop the skill. Kind of like David, you know, developing the skill of playing the harp in the fields while he was with the sheep. No one was listening to him. It was just him and God. He, he had no audience, you know, it was just his sheep. But he, as a shepherd boy, he was already practicing that. And one day he had to worship lead Saul, the king. God brought him before kings because he crafted, he worked on the gifts God gave him. So he's not good enough, but God is good enough. But then he had to do the work of, you know, getting ready and preparing and working on the craft. And funny thing is when you achieve that level, there's another level God wants to take you to. And you may feel, yeah, I'm not good enough again for the next level. But the same thing happens, and you keep growing and glorifying God through that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, follow up question quickly. <clears throat> I actually have this problem. Okay. <laughs> I know that I should react myself and sing. Well, you know, so many times I find myself singing songs that I shouldn't be singing. I kind of go, I should sing songs that glorify God all the time. But is that okay to, you know, sometimes? Just sing a little bit of, you know, the secular songs and all of that. Is that okay? And how can I change that if it's not okay? Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting question. I, 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 my own personal revelation. So this is my revelation of of this. I, I look at the spirit of a song. Every song has a spirit. Every song has, and you may, if you want to look at it simply, when the writers sat down to write it, there was something in your heart they wanted to convey through the song. And so when I listen to, um, when I listen to like, like modern day hip hop, that is very, very uh, worldly, that has a lot of like nakedness and all this, whatever. I listen, I look at it and I'm like, what is the heart behind the song? Is, it, is there anything good about the song? Is this, is this a good message the song is sending to my spirit? And I have to, I have to, and it takes practice, but I have to 
really, okay, let me put it this way. The Bible says, blesses a man, like a man, Psalm 1 talks about a man planted by the, live, by the rivers of living water. So one way or the other, we are planted somewhere. And the question is, is am I planted beside living water? Am I, are the things I'm taking in living water? Are they, are they developing me spiritually? Are they empowering me? And if the, if the answer to that when you listen to a particular song is, no, this song is opening myself for temptation, or this song is not helping me um, spiritually, because that's, of, your, of course, most of your life, um, the bigger portion of your reality. If it's not helping in that way, then, then you have to cut that river. You have to dry that river up and feed yourself with the right rivers, the right water, like scriptural songs. Um, however, that being said, there are a lot of songs that are not about God, but are amazing songs, still amazing, amazing creative songs. They don't have, but they don't have the, so again, it's a message. The message is nothing, is nothing about, you know, the sexualized nonsense that the world has become, but it's about like, let's say, songs about the pandemic. I don't know, like just talking about experience in the pandemic. You know, I've seen a lot of people play with songs like that in the, or, or songs about, about how beautiful the world is or how beautiful the, your, your husband or your wife is, how you love them, you know, romantic songs. There's, there are lots of amazing songs like that. Yeah, no, yeah. Laura, you wanna say something? No, no, I'm listening. I'm just affirming what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, so for those, like I, I definitely listen to them um, because they still have a powerful, good message that is not displeasing to God and that is not killing my soul. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It actually does. <clears throat> so now this actually link in a, links in a way to the question I sent to you about because um, I think that I'm a little addicted to some songs, not any kind of song. Of course, I look at my lyrics. I do not just listen to any song, <clears throat> but there are certain songs that I listen to, like the Roman. Now the question is, <clears throat> this guy said he's a worship leader, and He's 19 years old, but he smokes. And every time he's, he tries to stop, but he just can't find still smoking all the time. And I know that actually a lot of people that go through the same thing. Because I mean, I was addicted to pornography for two years before, you know. <laughs> so I want to know, and everybody wants to know, how can we overcome addictions? And we have anything, lying, smoking, pornography. All of this stuff. I'm sorry, you know. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, the, the simple and short answer is is the power of Jesus, the power of Jesus, the power of God that gives you the ability to overcome any addiction. If we delve deeper into it, let's let's look at it. It's addictions are relationships with objects that you you can. Call. <laughs> It's, it's a false intimacy. Okay, let's, let's, let's take this back. In Eden, you know, Adam and Eve were able to walk, walk naked in front of each other. They were completely transparent in front of themselves and God. So there was no concept of hiding. They were completely loved and accepted of both each other and by God. And so there's an euphoric experience where you feel fully understood your brokenness is understood. Everything about you is transparent and someone still loves you. That is an amazing euphoric experience. And 
the hours, you may feel that like we, especially when we sin and we go to God in, in prayers and we feel that like washing and that amazingness, that fullness. But the funny thing is, the devil, like that, that, so that intimacy with God, that euphoric experience is so important to daily living that the devil has created uh, a counterfeit, which is, which is addiction, which is relationship, intimacy with things that you feel you can control. So it's no longer intimacy with, with, with God. It's no longer like that euphoric experience you get from knowing God and, and being fully accepted. It's now an euphoric experience from, from, from substances. So it could be drugs, it could be pornography, it could be smoking, it could be alcoholism, whatever, you name it. All these things are, are tricks of the devil to try to pull us away from intimacy with God. The, 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 when you give your life to Christ, praise God, the power of the Holy Spirit gets into you. And a lot of the things that you used to struggle with would just somehow, you know, disappear because the urges get replaced with an urge to know God. Now, however, there are some, there are some um, addictions that still stay. Uh, for example, I know a friend of mine that as soon as he got saved, his alcoholism left him. He, know, he didn't want to taste it anymore. Like that was a miracle from God. However, he still struggled with porn. You know, and that was that had a stronghold in his life. Now, the way the way what he needed to realize was that he needed a stronger revelation of God in order to be able to um, to to overcome that that addiction. So for him, what he had to understand what what God had to take him through was getting to the point where he realizes how much the sin hurts God. That relationship rather than how much the sin hurts himself, how much he hurts his wife, how much looking at it like leaves him unfulfilled. It was more about how he felt like he was hurting God and because God is always seen. And so once he was able to build that relationship with God, a stronger relationship, which, was not, which for him did not just happen as soon as he became Christian. It was like daily living with God. God was working on him. And at the end, he's now, he's now, preaching about this and and you can read about his story his name is john bovere he's a pastor um, and he he's this has become his ministry where he talks about pornography and he came to c3 did you know, last year and he, he preached about this and that's his powerful story um and and you can read about him john bovere uh, amazing story so there are there are addictions that take time to get removed um but it's about continually chasing God, knowing that he's working in your life, that he's going to glorify himself um, in your story and never giving up, standing up every single time you mess up, asking for forgiveness, making you repenting, repenting really, and putting practical boundaries. So for example, is social media, your, I was talking to a friend actually earlier today, is social media, your, the Bible says, if your hand makes you sin, cut it off. If your eyes make you sin, block it out. And I used to struggle with that. I used to say, okay, like I took it literally. And then I needed a revelation from the Holy Spirit that was like, your hand, the reason Jesus used that analogy is because you find these hands very useful. You like them. You like your eyes. You, 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 you attach affection to it. So the same way we attach our, our love, our, we, we enjoy social media, we enjoy Instagram, we enjoy Twitter, all those things. And if you find that those are the things where you slip, where you make mistakes, where you see images that trigger you wrongly, cut it off. Yeah. Cut it off. Like be ruthless with the sin. Cut it off. Stop going on it for a while until you've overcome it and you, until you've had a revelation of God, um, you know, that, that, that replaces 
what you want to like what those what those images do to you on on on, on social media so very there are very many practical steps and, and find accountability find a friend a friend that you can be very honest with or a leader and talk to them and let them see into your life and help you with the issue i know i spent a lot of time on that question but uh hope that's okay. so, so good you should be a pastor or a teacher i don't know so good, so good. <laughs> i'm very certain that everyone that listens to that will get a lot but some people don't even know that they're addicted to studying porn so the next question is from james <laughs> the next question is from james actually so you're answering james question he said okay. what should i say before leading worship what should you say before leading worship Say it to yourself or say it to the congregation or say it to God, what, do you know what this person is talking about? Uh, I, I kind of think that to people, to the people like, people. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> close your eyes or something, get in the spirit, I don't know. <laughs> so. That's a great question. That's a, that's a great question. Um, for me, uh, <laughs> I'll say usually have a plan but leave room for the Holy Spirit. So you usually have what you want to say. And this takes having a relationship with people in the church. This takes, especially a lot of worship teams, almost because of the amount of time we spend with each other, we start getting clicky and we start, you know, creative people are usually like introverts. They want their space to have their own hate space. So they don't, they don't really like a lot, this general generalization. But a lot of creatives want their own space. And so they don't really spend a lot of time getting to know people, getting to do life with people in their church. And so you, what happens is that you have this click in your worship team that is not healthy because it, it, it can become unhealthy because now you're leading people that you don't really know their lives. So you don't really even know what to say to them to open them up for worship. But the so first step is get to know your congregation so that when so that the spirit when the spirit tells you what to say you understand like it's very easy for you to receive it and let's say people are struggling with the pandemic for example and you know that people are struggling with a lot of losses of jobs and you can come up and say you know god is the provider and in this season god is going to protect all our you know our protect us in our jobs and our blah 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 and we're going to worship him because we are not worried about the about the situation right now god is above and is greater so let's raise our voices let's raise our hands this morning or this evening and let's worship god and then you go from there and immediately you've connected with people that you know their story um and then the other but the other thing is you know you have a plan like that but then the holy spirit could be like could highlight to you you know people need deliverance today and so you start, you, you change your plan. You're like, there is power in worship. There's power in the name of Jesus today. We're going we're gonna to speak, you know, we're going to worship God. And in his presence, there is anointing and breakthrough is going to re- believe for breakthrough today. And you just know the Holy Spirit uses you to address people and set their hearts ready. Uh, and sometimes you don't even need to say much. You're just like, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. And then boom, the worship starts, praise God. And then like hearts unlocked. So really I'll say, have a plan, but leave it open to the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's, that's insightful. So next question, this is a really funny question. I honestly don't know how to answer this, but is worship leading a spiritual gift? Mm. Daniel asked this question. Is worship mm. leading a spiritual gift? 
I honestly don't know. That's, that's an amazing question. Um, <laughs> the answer is no. Uh, that's my revelation of it. I believe that everyone is called to worship. Actually, yeah. so let me put it this way. What is worship leading? Worship leading, every worship leader is first of all a worshiper. First of all, if, you, if you've missed your calling as a worshiper of God, you're, miss, you're missing, you're missing your, your role or your responsibility as a worship leader. You cannot take people to a place you've never been before. You cannot lead them into lands you've never explored before. So if you're, if you're taking them, yeah. That's good. <laughs> if you're taking them where you've never been, that means you're, you're all lost and you're leading them to hopefully not destruction. So every worship leader is first of all a worshiper. And that's why our intimate time with God is so necessary. You cannot leave worshiping to just the stage. Okay. So now that being said, so everyone is a worshiper. Everyone is called to be a worshiper. God says, you know, we are created for his glory, for his purposes. Our lives are to bring him glory. Are to, we are created to worship him. You know, all of creation in heaven, he talks about all of the angels, the, the elders, they're all worshiping him continually. Okay. And, and worshiping is also, you know, just just to go a little bit outside of this question worshiping is not just singing it's also a lifestyle worship is romans 12 talks about honoring god with our bodies with our life here on earth so the way you do your work at work is worship to god if you bring in excellence you bring in honesty like joseph joseph was a worshiper he may not have been singing songs and whatever, but he brought god into his work so he was he did excellent potiphar saw god in him you know, so that's worship of God. Okay, everyone is a worshiper. Okay, now what? So there's there 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 is no. It's not a, it's not a gifting, but is a it could be a calling. Does that make sense? So the calling is better. Is yeah. calling is different from gifting. Everyone is gifted to worship God and to help others. What like also worship God. So that's what worship leading is. Worship leading is then, you know, I have gone here with God. I've experienced God in this way. I want to share that experience with you. So I want to, I want to encourage you to join me in worshiping God. So everyone can do that. But there are people that are called. There is, when there's a calling on your life. And I usually these people, these people like stand out, you know, a little bit more. Um, like David, you know, he's in the, in the Bible. Like, and God uses people to various degrees. Um, so there are, there are people that have a calling on their life and that is something that you would know from God. You know, if God lays it on your heart, um, to, you know, let's say the, the way that you experience God the most is when you're worshiping and worshiping him, you, you feel his presence a lot more and you feel like, you know, God anoints the anoints you and so when you when you worship him and when you lead people people experience joy people experience peace people experience god you know god but i would not say that so the calling would help you um achieve even more because that that is your primary purpose it does your calling but everyone's purpose it has an element of worship leading so don't disqualify yourself sometimes you have to step into your gifting step into your into your your everyone is gifted you have to step into worshiping first before god now lays a call on you it's like okay 
my faithful servant, you have done well with little. You've yeah. done well worshiping me when you did not have a stage. Or you've, you've done well worshiping me when your stage was just your family, was just your friends. You've done well worshiping me. Now I have a calling for you for the church. Now I have a calling for you for the country. Now I have a calling for you for the rest of the world. You know, so you have to be faithful with the little and then God gives you, you know, more. Yeah. That's, that's my yeah, yeah. That's like, that's so insightful. So, my device is in Yeah, charge it now. So, this question, this is my personal question. <laughs> Should I ask this question? I don't know. <laughs> so, how can I stay humble? Because I have looked at several several worship leaders, including you. And one thing that I see that is so evident is humility. Brandon Lake, Kaya Gopraja, Harry Jubert, humility is one thing they always have. So I want to know, I don't ever want to be proud, ever in my life. So I want to know, how can I stay on board? Mm. That's another great question. How do you stay humble? As you get closer to God, yeah. what I realized is <laughs> you get flawed. Let's, let's put it this way. The Bible talks about the 24 elders that, that are in heaven, that are around the throne. They are the closest in proximity almost to God. You know, they are around his throne. And what do they do? They stand up, they sit down, then they fall again on their knees and they glorify him. Because the more, like, they keep getting floored by God's, <laughs> you can call it floored, like, 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 put on the ground by the immenseness of God's glory, God's power, God's majesty. So humility is a, is, is a natural consequence of getting closer to God. It's the more, the closer you are to God, the more you have reason to be humble reason to be humble because you understand more and more man i am so powerless without god i am nothing without god i like everything i own is god you know job says it best he says i came into this world naked with nothing i'm gonna leave this world with nothing so everything i really own my desires my dreams everything here is all god and so i have nothing to be proud of in myself but everything to be proud of in God. And so that keeps you so rooted, so humble, and gives you reason to be humble. And the reason I say reason to be humble is because humility at the end of the day ends up being a choice. You choose to be humble despite, despite you know, the counter reasons to not be. Like the counter reasons could be, A, I have massive follower on Instagram. People really love what I say. People enjoy listening to me. People, and then you have to ask yourself, if God took away, this is a good question for every worship leader, everyone that is serving on stage. If God took away your congregation, if God, if God allowed a sickness, God forbid, a sickness that, uh, that stops you from being able to worship on stage, let's say you're paralyzed or whatever, or like, or, or you're bedridden, will you still feel that you are walking in your purpose? Would you still feel like you're doing good as a worship leader? Would you still feel proud of knowing God and worshiping? If God took away your followers, if God, hum if, if, if God took away 
everything. Like Joe, like Job. That's actually good. Job is a good example of humility. Job's first, first. Job is an, an another amazing worshiper. Amazing, and I've been looking into the story of Job. But guys, read the book of Job. Beyond suffering, there is a powerful revelation of worshiping. Oh, powerful revelation of worshiping that happens in Job. His sons and daughter and daughters they died they, they, he got the news he got the news that he lost all of his property property he had worked many years to do to get what was his first reaction he fell to the ground and said you know i i came naked i i didn't i, I i'm gonna leave naked like whatever uh, and then he's like praise you god praise he started worshiping god he was flawed again just like 24 he was flawed by god's mind and so the question to every worship leader is have i made a choice to not look at the counter reasons, to not look at my Instagram following, to not look at all these things that are so, so um, elusive, things that can escape my grasp so easily. Ecclesiastes 1 and 2. Read that again. Oh, man. The Bible is so loaded. It's so loaded with answers. Read 1 and 2 of Ecclesiastes because it talks about every single thing you could worship. Riches, you know, um, social standing, power, uh, money, women, everything. That intelligence that you could worship or you could you could you could feel proud of, um, it, it it talks about you know how how all of those things are so elusive. So you have to ask yourself like at the end of the day, you know all these things are, are gonna leave are, are gonna leave me. Am I am I truly worshiping the wor- Am I truly worshiping God or am I worshiping the worship or am I worshiping myself? Am I worshiping the fact that I'm able to be on stage commanding people, raise your hand, God is good today. I need to speak into your life because. I have the power that God has given to me. Am I, you have to ask yourself, am I that, is that where I am? You have to ask yourself, you have to ask yourself, am I worshiping myself that I have the strength that God has been using me so much? Or am I, am I, am I, you also have to ask yourself, am I worshiping God completely, knowing that anytime he calls me to do anything, I am completely obedient to him. I have nothing that does not belong to him. Everything, including the people he's given me, belong to him. That, that, should, that should humble a worship leader. And pray. Pray about it. The Holy Spirit will, will help you with that. Yeah. That's a good question. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is the last question. And okay. it's my question too. Uh, okay. How do you deal with the times when you're feeling really low? And you have to wrestle there. And on Sunday, you have to jump on stage and be great. If you're going through a very sad time. And tomorrow, you have to come and lead the worship. All of that. How do you deal with times like that? <laughs> yeah, we touched a little bit about this at the beginning. You know, is empowerment. Worship leading is an empowerment of the Holy Spirit. You need a revelation of God through the dark times. Look at like Job again. I, I like that there's a recurring theme because that's that's like a core tenant that's going through the word of God. Worship, worship, worship is almost okay. Let me put it this way: what happens on Sunday is not just for everyone else's benefit; it's for your benefit as a worship leader. When you're having a bad week, you're having a crazy week, you're, you've lost your job, you've lost, your, you've lost someone dear to you, or, you know, for, for the young adults, you've just had a breakup <laughs> with someone in church who's sitting right in front of you and you're watching the meeting. Uh, you know, 
It's terrible. It feels terrible. But here's a, here's a revelation about worship. Worship is about what are you magnifying? What are you focusing on? Are you focusing on, on here's another, that's another revelation. Are you focusing on your circumstances? Are you focusing on what you're seeing? Or are you focusing on God? And so it's about, worship is about picking up a magnifying glass and say, oh, you know, what do I want to really study? Do I want to study that I've lost my job and I'm going to lose and I don't have money to pay my rent and I don't have money to feed uh, X, Y, Z, blah, 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 and let that build anxiety? Um, or are you picking up the magnifying glass and saying, God, your provider, your, 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 your king that takes care of his children. I am, a, I am a prince. I'm a princess. I'm taken care of. You take care of the spire. You're going to take care of me. And so when you're worship leading, that is also for your benefit. And I think a lot of worship leaders miss out on this. A lot of worship leaders, even prayer people that pray, they, you, I, I found myself uh, at some point in my life, and I have to also catch myself, you know, praying or even worshiping like, God, bless these people. Let them get a revelation of you. Let them understand you more. Let them, let them feel your presence. Let them, it's like, okay, it's all external. You're like, you forget that you are also supposed to, to gain from that. You're also supposed to acknowledge God from that. You're also supposed to have a revelation, magnify God in your life, you know? And so when you feel that tiredness, when you feel that, that weakness, that you're not at the best, I would say, one, know that this is also for your benefit. And so tap in, open your heart for God. And it's good because sometimes God lets that happen so that you have to experience what others out there in your congregation are experiencing. Because there are people that come on Sunday, they've had bad weeks, they fought with their wives that morning, they don't want to worship, they don't feel like worshiping, but God humbles you by allowing you to experience what they're experiencing. So when you sing, when you sing, God is good despite my situation, you actually feel that revelation. And that is what God uses that to, because people, people can tell when you're being authentic. So God uses that to touch someone else in the audience that's going through what you're going through. And so embrace those moments. Embrace them. And talk. last thing I'll say about that is talk to your team. There's a reason you have a team. There's a reason you're not meant to do life alone. Ask for help. Tell your friends, guys, today I'm low. I have you as my brothers and my sisters to lift me up. God is going to use all of us today. Uh, I may not be at my very best, but I, please pray for me, encourage me. And usually your team would just lay hands on you and like start praying over you and asking God for his power. And then when you go on stage with all of you, or maybe it's just you, maybe it's, if it's just you, like you have some musicians behind you, in the spirit, you're warring together. You're, you're fighting together. You know, when you fight in a battle, like you're swinging your sword, at a point, your hand starts getting sore, you start getting tired. And what happens is your teammates, your fellow warriors cover you while you rest while you get, you know, baked again in God. And so that same thing happens on Sunday when you're not feeling the best. Know that it's for your benefit. Talk to your teammates, ask for help, and, uh, and realize that God is using your experience to touch someone else that is listening, you know. So, yeah, I hope that answers that. Yeah, guys, sure that. Awesome question, yeah. Laura. And great to you. your friends. Thank you. So what's your advice to everybody, young worship leaders like me? My advice, yeah, there's so much I could advise. 
Um, I'll say from, from, from my experience as a worship leader, it's so easy to, you know, stop being humble. It's so easy to, to do the work, do the skill, focus on the skill like martyr, do the, the everyday things and forget the fellowship with Christ, like Mary. Like Mary was fellowshipping with Christ. Martha was doing the works, you know. Or it is easy to stay to everything you've just talked about, feel insecure, I'm not ready, I'm not, you know, denied a calling, you run away from God like Jonah. <laughs> I like that the Bible has had a wealth of experience. Yeah, like almost anything we face today, God has shown us a way other people have tried doing the same thing and, you know, and the results, and he's shown us what the right way to do things are. So my, 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 my advice to everyone would be, do not forget your first love. Do not forget, do not forget your first love. Do not forget, and that means, do not forget spending time with God intimately, without a stage, where the only stage is you in front of the throne room. You're in front of God, you alone. Because out of that, that is where there, there is an infilling of oil. That is where there is a feeling of oil. That is where there's, there's God's outpouring into you. And only out of that can you go on stage and lead anyone. So lead yourself first. Have communion with God. Do not forget yeah. the things that really matter. The, the things that really, your soul matters. And so what does that mean? Feed your soul. Have spe- uh, special time with him. Do your morning devotions, spend time in a word to understand what you're singing when you're singing. The lyrics are usually empowered by the word of God. Have a revelation of God. Let him speak to you. Have quiet times with him. Uh, spend time with the first person you really love, which is God. Like, like any relationship, take care of that relationship. And, you know, ah, don't forget your first love. That's all I'll say. Yeah, don't forget your first love. Thank you so much. I had a very, very awesome season. No, thank I mean, you so much. I feel like my head is about to work. <laughs> I can't keep this much. Hey, Laura, one day you and all thank your you friends, so much. you'll be teaching the next generation. So I, I really, I really am proud of you. Thank you so much for um, starting something like this. I think it's a, there's a lot to learn, even from, I, I benefit from this podcast too. Um, so I, I'm really proud of you, and I'm, I'm happy that you're letting God use you in this way. Uh, this is also a form of worship, you know, obedience and letting God, you know, glor- be glorified through you. So thank you very much for inviting me, and thanks to all your friends that gave questions, engaged in this. So I really appreciate it.